You pour your heart into your business, you give to your clients, and you take care of your family and your community. And you put off taking care of yourself. When you only focus on doing, you bottle up your emotions, which taxes your body and depletes your energy. You struggle to show up, to keep up, and to create results. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross. About 10 years ago, I burned out of the only career I thought I'd ever have. I got divorced, and I was crushed with chronic illness and pain. Now I have a business that I love, a husband I can grow with, and my health is on track. Through the power of coaching, I have come to recognize the resilience and power I carry within my soul. You have this resilience and power as well. Welcome to Inflow with Soul, where we create the space for playful restoration. Space to pause, to play, and to connect with your soul. Because when you take care of you, your results will take care of themselves. Well, I want to welcome you all back again to another episode of Inflow with Soul. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today Linda Eske and I are going to geek out on mindset topics. So let me tell you a little bit about Linda. She's an empowerment coach and lifestyle mentor who will be speaking with us on a highly engaging topic about the power of our limiting beliefs and how they may be unholding you back from living an extraordinary life. She will explain where they came from, how your inner program is dictating your reality, and how you can make shifts now to change your life experiences. Linda will help you uncover your blocks that are creating resistance to the financial success and abundance that you desire. Linda, I am psyched. I love talking about these topics. Thank you for being (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be engaged in this as well. (laughs) You know, in our um, conversation leading up to this podcast episode today, um, we were sharing stories about um, our own, some of our own transformation that we've participated in as we have gone along this path. And I think that your story and the work that you do is, is highly uh, important. And especially now, especially now when we have more than the usual amount of external circumstances and situations that are clamoring for our attention. And I think our conversation today is going to help give our listeners an alternative way to see those experiences. Then when we can see them differently, then we always have new choices for behaviors. So I'm looking forward to this. But before we get into all the juicy (laughs) stuff, I want to know a little bit more about you. So give us a little bit about your background um, and what were, you know, leading up to what was that, that central conflict or challenge that you faced that led you to this work? Yeah, and it's all about perspective, right? And one the the most interesting thing I think about my journey is where I started in corporate America. Not where I started, but when we go back a couple of years, you know, living a corporate life and living in um, struggle and effort and anxiety and fear and all of that um, that was just so weighing so heavily on me and not knowing that there was anything else was possible. I had no idea what possibilities were available to me. Um, And leaving that environment 
and discovering myself first and then coming on to this life-changing work. When I discovered this life-changing work, I, and it was applying the concepts to my own life, um, I was experiencing shifts on deeper levels than I ever thought imagined, you know, I could ever have imagined. Um, It was really incredible. So doing that and being in it for three months and five months, it became extremely clear and obvious that I had a passion and desire to bring this work to other people because we don't know what we don't know. And now I knew, and how could I not share it with as many people as possible? So um, that's my why, you know, I really have a passion for this work um, and helping people peel back the layers. And that's, that's my mission in life to help others experience what I have. Awesome. So take us back then to corporate America. So what was happening for you in corporate America that maybe wasn't exactly aligning with your spirit or or how did you know that something was awry? It's interesting you say what was happening for me, right? So I was living in to me mode, the victim mode. You know, my boss was was mean and horrible. And, you know, I didn't have the the freedom to do what I wanted with my family when I wanted. Um, I basically was living in a cubicle auditing files all day um, in risk management and had very little human interaction. So, you know, it was the legal department, audit department, you could hear the air conditioning come on and off, you know, and I didn't realize until after I got out of that environment that it wasn't my jam to live in a cubicle auditing files all day. So I was definitely in victim mode. Um, This is all happening to me, right? Right. Then I went through a transition of by me. So I'm going to take the bull by the horns. I'm going to take action. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. But that ended up being a state of struggle and effort also, um, because I I didn't know there was anything outside of that. I was buying into all the concepts and all of the things that society was telling me that you have to work really hard and put in the hours and do all the things and, you know, network. and, And it's all about the struggle and the effort. And that's how success is created. I bought into that. So that's what I was doing. Um, It ultimately got to the phase of, you know, through me, um, or life is happening through me. And I realized that is not how we're supposed to live. So that's, again, a little bit more of the arc, you know, of awakening, you know, transformation of realizing that you don't have to live in by me. I mean, to me, (laughs) right? Um, You don't have to live in by me either. I mean, when you're in struggle and effort for the sake of struggle and effort, because you believe that that's what you have to do to to be successful, then you're really missing the mark. You know, that's not the way the universal laws work. You know, you want to to be, do, have. So you embody who you want to be, you take the inspired action, and then it comes to you. You achieve it, right? So there's a difference between working hard, doing something that you absolutely love, and anyone who has a passion for what they do will tell you that. You know, um, it's it's different than just feeling like you got to crunch the numbers and it's all a numbers game and I got to make this sale and get that client. And that feels very heavy. It does. Right? It absolutely does. And yet what you are starting to describe for us is very different, even what you're saying, than what you were taught to do, right? So we're brought up with this set of of principles. Here's how you create success in life. Mm-hmm. And that path is often um, all about force. It's it, the by me piece I, is a really interesting part, right? Where we're told that in order to get a 
particular outcome, we've got to do some something. Mm-hmm. And that we're the inference is that if we don't get those results we want, then somehow we fell short. Mm-hmm. Either we failed or we weren't good enough. And in reality, our results are a combination of our our actions, our intentions, and how the universe is cooperating with us, right? So oftentimes, and one of my coaches often reminds me is that I may not be directly responsible for any of my results. I am directly responsible for my actions and how I show up. That's where I have complete control over. But then once I do what I can do, then I need to let it go and see what the results are going to be. But that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge shift. And I, I'm, I'm thinking that there could be some listeners right now who may be tuning this out already saying, you know, these women are, are, I don't know what planet they're coming from, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about the flow of the universe, though, and how things are meant to be, we're no different. We're the only animals who can't get out of our own way. You know, we've all got inner guidance and GPS systems telling us where to go. We just don't quiet our minds long enough to listen. So take migrating birds, for example, you know, they don't wake up one morning and have a a meeting on their calendar with the project manager who looks at the spreadsheet and says, it's time to go. They don't have an alarm on their smartphone that tells them it's time to go south or when it's time to come back north. They just wake up one day and they just know it's instinct. They just go. And we have that same guidance. We just turn it off. You know, we tune it out. We don't listen. We don't, a lot of us don't even know it's there. So Um, it's really important to understand that the flow of the universe and energy is one of just, you know, won't flow, right? The rain doesn't struggle to fall. The flowers don't struggle to bloom. The sun doesn't struggle to shine. The water doesn't struggle to flow unless you put something in front of it. But when you put an obstacle in the river, what happens? You know, the river doesn't beat its head against the stone. It just goes around. It finds another way. And we're meant to do the same thing. So if we encounter an obstacle, the universe doesn't want us to beat our heads against it. The universe is telling us, hey, that's not your path. Just go around. Energy flows the same way. And when we can put ourselves in that river, it's really beautiful. I mean, I know it might sound a little elevated to some, but if you think about grass, who has a patio or stones, right? Where you can't stop the grass. You put all those layers of sand and the barrier down, the grass still finds a way. Now that's struggle for the grass, right? But what happens when the grass comes through, when the weed comes up? The sun is shining. It probably feels, ah, I did it, <laughs> you know, but it, it just did it. It just knows to do it. Um, babies, when they're learning to walk, right, they don't they don't stand up and fall down. And after they fall down three times, they say, oh, well, this walking thing isn't for me. I'm never going to get it. Right. They keep trying because they don't know any any different. There's not somebody in their mind telling them, oh, you're never going to get this. Just don't even bother. You're a failure. You're not good enough to walk. They haven't, you know, received that inner programming yet, right? Exactly. So we talk about where that, if I may, um, where that inner programming comes from. You know, we all have it and it's all different. And we run patterns, different patterns for all kinds of things in our lives. So we have patterns for religion, for love, for money, for government, for ecology, right? If you think about what's your belief system around money, what's your belief system around religion and politics? Because 
I know that the junior high kids my my son goes to school with don't sit around watching C-SPAN. So they don't know why they're a Republican or Democrat or independent. They just are because that's what, the, what they've been listening to their whole lives, right? We have the same thing for religion. You wouldn't expect someone who grows up in a Catholic environment to then, you know, be Jewish of Jewish faith, right? So it's just about what we believe, what we're listening to, what we're picking up on, what um, are the conversations around money? Is it, right? Well, that's the biggest yes. one. Um, you have to struggle to be successful. You have to work long hours. Um, you know, money is scarce. It doesn't grow on trees. We don't, we can't take vacations. I mean, so these are all really common things that people are hearing when they grow up. So they grow up with this thermostat of money that they're not available for more. So when we can break through those patterns and break through the belief systems, wherever people want to change, I mean, they're not necessarily wanting to change the religion or their political affiliation, but there are a lot of other things that are holding them back and keeping them stuck and keeping them at that thermostat. Everybody can relate to getting a $600 refund, you know, for their taxes and being, oh, I got $600 in the bank extra, you know, what am I going to do with this money? And then three days later, their car breaks down and gets how much it costs to VIX, right? That's one of those things that, you know, we can identify with. So the universe is always responding to where our thermostat is in any different component of our life. So, yeah, helping people understand where that belief system comes from is the first step. Okay. So there's, there's understanding the belief system and, and our belief systems are deep. And in, in some of the beliefs that we have, we may not even be consciously aware of. Um, and that's where work with someone who can help you dig into those unconscious areas is really useful. But so even before that, let's, let's just go back and, and talk a little bit about this this experience, you know, one of the things too we were talking about in our warm up is what does it mean to be happy? And I shared with you, you know, I had a conversation with a client one time who said, you know, I really not interested in doing anything that's going to be happy because it's just fleeting anyway, right? I'm going to be happy for a minute and then that happiness is going to go away and then I'm going to be right back into the struggle again. So can you kind of give us some, from your perspective, what are some of those core beliefs that would tell us that happiness is fleeting? I mean, I'll start with the core belief um, piece of it because people believe what they believe. (laughs) So happiness is no different. If people have grown up with, in an environment where um, a certain amount of money makes you happy, Um, a certain type of house makes you happy, a certain kind of car, a certain marriage, a certain family structure, that these are all things that are going to make you happy because that's what you experienced. um, And that's what you were told, right? So we don't ever learn though, that the true happiness is within us. It was, we were born with it and we don't really understand the meaning of the word. So I think that's that's the biggest piece of it. So when I talk to people and tell them, or I, I shared with you the story of, you know, a friend who said, can she really be that happy? Nobody can be that happy. It's, she's like elevated happiness, right? It's kind of um, up in the clouds happiness where things just don't bother you. So you can say, I'm happy. I'm in a good marriage. I have a nice, you know, I have a good job. Um, we have a nice life. I'm happy. But are you living true to your authentic self? Mm -hmm. Are you really happy? 
what message are you sending to the universe of things that you're putting up with in your life, right? When you investigate those things, so somebody can say, um, yeah, my marriage is good, you know, but is it, is it soul good? Is it deep? Is it, does this person support you as who you are, you know? And that's just an example, but um, happiness is releasing the need for external things and external circumstances to validate who you are, to fulfill who you are, because you don't need that, you know? So if you're seeking things on the outside to make you happy, you're going about it backwards, right? When I have the job or the money or the relationship, then I'll be happy. You have to be happy first to attract the appropriate things into your life. And seeking that true inner happiness means trusting in yourself, letting go of the things that don't matter, letting go of the triggers, not allowing other people to bother you. I'm so happy. I don't care if somebody cuts me off. That's fine. They clearly needed to get there faster. I'm okay with it, right? And that's that's just a little piece of it. But it's it's bliss that's difficult to describe in words. It's just a knowing um, that yeah. And we're 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 all operating the best we know how at our level of consciousness at the time. Um, so folks, you know, people who are interested in elevating that level of consciousness and getting to that state of it's fine, doesn't bother me. You know, it's possible. It really is because it's not about the person cutting you off. It's about them making you feel violated, disrespected, right? right? You're in my space. Who do you think you are to do that to me? They don't know you. They couldn't care less about who you are, what you're driving, where you're going, you know, whether or not you have babies in the car, they just, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. So it's about understanding that what other people do in their lives and their level of consciousness has nothing to do with you. Okay. So it sounds like one of the first tenets, if if I could use that word, if that's appropriate here, um, is that we are experiences are internally driven. This is one of the things that I was taught early on through the William Glasser Institute is that we are internally driven beings. We are not externally driven. So Mm -hmm. although events outside of us impact us, the impact is a result of the meaning we gave to that, just like in your example of the Mm -hmm. traffic. Mm-hmm. Right? I, right. I either choose to be upset about this because of the violation, or I could see it as not a violation at all. And the same re, same uh, situation, the same stimulus could create very different outcomes. So yep. when, yes. when you're working with your clients, what do you think is their biggest challenge between the problem that they're experiencing? And, and, you know what, let's go back and define that problem real quick. So what, how would you define the problem that your ideal clients are experiencing uh, about the time that they want to contact you or someone like you? Mm. So everybody's different, right? Um, And I definitely want to come back to what you just touched on as far as everything, everything we experience in our reality right? Well, everything internally based on our belief system and and our thoughts and, you know, is driven um, internally. And 
that results in, you know, the, the experiences that we have and the circumstances that we create, the reality that we create. So I've had people, you know, come, for example, come to me and say, oh, I want to manifest a horse farm. And I'm just, I know I have all this resistance to it. I, I afraid I'm going to pick the wrong one. You know, um, I've had somebody come to me and say, I just want to be happy. I'm miserable all the time. There's so much anxiety and stress and I, I don't like my job and, people are mean to me or, you know, right. They just, um, I'm attacked at work. Um, I, I'm just, they're crying. They're just, they're, they're at, you know, the bottom, right. They're rock bottom and they just don't, they don't know how to make it better. They're just, please help me. Um, right. And so it's a beautiful journey for them within a short amount of time to help them release, whatever it is they've been hanging on to all these, you know, these years and these many decades that is creating the reality, the things that they're attracting into their life. And it happens very quickly. Um, So pain points, you know, it's the victim mode, right? And a woman come to me, was going through a horrible divorce. um, And the language she was using was very telling, you know, he's not going to get away with this. I'm not going to let him do this to me. It was all, you know, it it was basically a battle between her and him, you know, and it was about helping her realize how powerful she really is. You don't need him. You don't need his money. You know, you've got to go make your own, let go of that $10,000. How much is it costing you to hang on to this? need for revenge. Right. (laughs) So it just really depends. And I think a lot of times people, people don't even know how to express it. So they come, you know, they fill out the intake form for me. They tell me a little bit about where they are, where they want to go, how they want to feel, um, and what they think is holding them back, you know, and it's really powerful at the end of the 12 weeks together to slide that form across the table to them and say, I want you to read this. Because yeah. this is who you were when you came to me. And they they cry. You know, I had one woman push it back across the table to me. And she said, I never want to see that again. I never want to read that again. That version of me is dead. And I will never, ever go back to that. She couldn't even, she couldn't even remember. That's how, how amazing her transformation was. And, and she didn't necessarily come to me and say, show me the light. No. Right. It's just through the work together, we break down the walls, we break down, we put everything on the kitchen table. This is where you got this. This is what you believe. This is what is in your subconscious. This is what, or I should say, you know, subconscious mind in your belief system. Um, It's what your inner critic is, is feeding off of. And you don't know any different. It's just your reality, you know? So it sounds like if I could kind of summarize what some of the points that you're making is that you could be in a situation, you could be experiencing a direct pain, whether it's a physical pain or a pain or a relationship pain, a financial pain, uh, a pain of wanting something like a horse farm and, and, and making some efforts to get it and not being able to, to see that come into reality. Uh, so those are, could be some, and it could just be, there's, I, I'm capable of more. I'm, I, I, I th- this was part of my inner, I knew that I was capable of more, but I had no idea of knowing what that could possibly be. And in my mind, if I didn't know what that could be, well, then that must mean that I, I can't possibly get there. Right. And so that these yeah. very concrete 
ways of thinking that we've all been taught. Um, these, these conditions are holding us back from really experiencing, you know, that inner joy that you had mentioned earlier. We all have an inner guidance system. Mm-hmm. We all have an inner guidance systems that wants us to be healthy, happy, and, and well. Absolutely. That, that's our natural state. Absolutely. Physically, we, mentally, yeah. emotionally. Struggle is, is not our natural state. And so whenever we're in this, either the sense of struggle, like I I want something that I'm not getting, or what about even just that state of, I'm okay. That's fine. That's good. Mm -hmm. Do you have clients that come to you kind of from that perspective or, because it seems to me like there's a, a bit of settling like this. Maybe it's not perfect. Maybe it's not really what I thought it would be, but it's okay. It's paying the bills. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you say that, right. That that you say it that way, because a person who believes that would never be my client because they wouldn't seek out more. They're, they're already resigned to this is fine. Um, It's the people who know there's more and they don't know how to get there and they just need someone to guide them because I never tell people what to do. Never. It's all here. And it's always been there for me. I just couldn't see it. You know, we all have the ability to tap into our own guidance. You don't have to ask Aunt Sally about marriage, you know, guidance. Because Aunt Sally is going to tell you what she thinks from her history, her, you know, her perspective and her experiences. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your guidance is um, and where you're supposed to be and who you're supposed to be with. And if you tune into it, you'll hear it. (laughs) (laughs) We start out in the sense of struggle and there's a continuum of struggle, right? So then on these, this other side, when tell us a little bit more, create that, paint that picture for us of what's possible. Cause right now when we're in the struggle, we can't, sometimes we can't even imagine what is possible for us. So can you help us imagine that? Yeah. And it's about, it's about trading it for ease. Um, it's about trading the struggle and the effort for trust and knowing. Um, the, a lot of the process is really just helping people change their mindset and understand that they're creating the reality they're living in. So when they change their mindset, they start to experience a different reality. Now, one of the things I know and I will share with people all the time is you do not need evidence to prove that you're a powerful co-creator of your reality because you're creating it all the time. But when you want to change it and you get that evidence, it's pretty cool, right? So that's what they respond to. That's what people respond to. They're like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't even believe this. I did the thing you told me to, or I was thinking this and, and I, and the money just came out of the sky. Oh my God. You know, it's like, so that I think is what's really powerful for people. When you talk about getting from here to there, you know, it's about experiencing the evidence and, like I shared with you earlier, um, a client that I'm working with now, she, when she came to me, she'd cry whenever, you know, we talked, she's I just don't know why it's not working for me. (laughs) She's really, really upset. Right. And she's just despondent and desperate and in pain and struggle and effort. And my sister has to pay my bills and I just can't make my profession work. And I don't know, but you feel that, right. I can feel it's like, all right, right? That's a lot. It's a lot. So it's about 
helping with ease and grace and compassion, helping people release sometimes slowly, sometimes quickly, depending on how, you know, how in tune they are, um, release those, the negative energy that they've been operating in for so long. And really it becomes addictive to your nervous system. So the chaos is something they feed off of and they need. So they, you know, they attract more, they create more, the more overwhelmed they feel, the more overwhelming circumstances come into their life, more things come and get on their plate, you know? So it's about releasing those things. And this one particular client, she said, you know, I realized this is after working with her eight weeks that I don't have anxiety anymore. I used to have anxiety all the time. It was default mode was very high level of anxiety, fear of the future, fear of the unknown, you know, just, and she doesn't worry anymore. And so that level of now she's, she can be happy. She can walk on the beach. She can look at the sun in a different way. She can, you know, just experience life. And, and that's, that's really what it's all about and getting her to that, that place. It's hard to describe. It's just really powerful, you know? And I'm like, look where you were two months ago. Yeah. Look who you were two months ago. And she just laughs. Like, I can't even believe this is where I am now, <laughs> you know? The image that's coming up for me in this contrast of what is it that we're experiencing at the beginning of this path or this journey of, of transformation and what is it that we can look for on the other side of it on the front end with the struggle, it seems like there's a, a sense of tightness and um, um, rigidity and mm-hmm. here's what I need to get out of life. And here's what life needs to give back to me um, on the other side. And there, it's all that struggle. And then on the other side, it sounds like there's a, a sense of, of openness, spaciousness, and sh- being able to show up and actually experience the walk on the beach. So it's not mm-hmm. just the act of, I went, yeah, I went and walked on the beach. There is, I had a, an experience walking on the beach. I experienced yeah. myself as right. I was walking on this beach. Right. And, and that the emotions that, that come with that, you mentioned trust earlier, um, compassion, grace to me, those are all of the things then that we see on that other side of transformation. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean there aren't still challenges. And, and one of my clients said this to me the other day, she goes, you know, I realized that even all of this progress that I'm making, I'm never going to get away from challenges. Am I? And I said, no, you're not. And that's because fine. That's part of life. Exactly. You don't want to get rid of the challenge. No, because then you're dead. <laughs> exactly. And, and right? or everything is just so, it, it gets routine. There's nothing right. new anymore. And so challenges right. are a way for us to continue to grow. But when we're facing challenges from that state of victim mindset, then we're digging in deeper, right? We're digging our hole deeper. We're, we're, we're putting up more and more defenses. But when we can face those challenges from that uh, transformed side, now we can let it come and go. It's almost like breathing with the challenges. Right. Breathe in. Yeah. There's there's challenge here. And then we breathe out and the challenges, we're able to let it go much more quickly. Yeah. And think about it this way. Most people are living a life in that contract mode, just like you just mentioned. If I do A, B, and C, 
then I have to experience or achieve or be successful and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like there has to be an equal, you know, match because that's what I've been told. Everybody's told me that the way to achieve success is to go to school, get good grades, go to college, get good grades, find a safe job, which doesn't exist anymore as we know. Right. Um, And the world is completely changing and that model just doesn't work. It works for our parents, but it doesn't work. Um, And people are realizing that. And they're tired of living in that state of struggle and effort. Um, It's really just about learning who you are, tuning into why you're here, following your purpose, following your path and your guidance. Because you know what? When you can let go of all of that resistance, the universe lines things up for you. This woman that I was just telling you about, she got out. She was in financial services, not doing well. One of the high dollar clients wasn't happening. She wasn't making any money and she was miserable and struggle and effort all the time. Right. And she let that go. She she released all of that other stuff that she would be buying into for her whole life and magically for her opportunities are lining up. Like I cannot even explain. I mean, I can't, she's just, it's crazy. It's crazy where her life is going now, like huge professional opportunities. And she's just blowing things up and it's all because she just trusted, you know, and I, I want people to really understand when we're talking about this, not good enough, you know, critic in your head, it's not just, your parents setting high expectations for you, right? When you're a kid, like I can't get good enough grades. I never can clean my room well enough. All of that. Um, Not as good as my brother. Yeah, that buys into it, but, or that ties into it. As we're growing up in society, the news, you know, all the media, the marketing, all the advertising, they know how our brains work. They know in order to make sales, they have to make us feel like we're not good enough unless we have the product. So like I tell people, stop investing in skincare and treadmills and Windex because, you know, God knows we can't even keep our house right unless we buy that product, right? Or that vacuum. I mean, it's all designed to make us feel like we're not good enough until we buy the thing. Then we keep house well enough. Then we'll finally be thin. Then we'll finally have good gut health. Then I'm not knocking any products, but then we'll finally be beautiful and look younger and, you know, buy the hair color. It's all, we're all buying into it. Invest in yourself. You know, I'm just, we're, we're huge proponents of this is why coaching is a billion dollar industry now, because it's so important because people just need guidance and we're just here to help show them the way and help them understand now, you know, there's not a physicist out there who would argue the fact that if you make a ripple here, it doesn't change, you know, on the other side of the universe, it has a reaction. Everything we do has a reaction in the universe. So why not make it beautiful, positive ripples? Because that's what you're going to get back, you know, beautiful, positive energy and beautiful, positive experiences. And it is possible. It's all possible. Right. Well, it's interesting too, as as you were describing the, um, the marketing and the media that we're surrounded by it's all about the external right buy this that it buy something Uh right (laughs) that will outside of you that will change you now as you say it doesn't mean that I mean I buy products too we all do Uh yep but there's a difference from when I know myself first, here's, here's what I need and want. Here's what my, my body, my mind, my soul needs and wants. Then I look out 
to mm-hmm. see where do I find those products or services that um, that my own internal guidance is asking for. That's an internally driven strategy versus that external, just taking the marketer's um, word for it that I need something outside of me. Yeah, totally. And if you see things as investing in yourself, um, you know, I do my, I get my nails done. I get my hair colored and cut. I buy mascara. I'm investing in myself because, you know, I want to present well when I speak to people, right. When I'm in, in, um, client meetings or when I'm out meeting with people, I want to feel good about myself. And that's what makes me feel good on an external perspective. Right. I already feel good on the inside. So yeah, I can show up with my hair up and, you know, not no makeup on. I could, um, but I also know that people are probably not going to respect me as much if I'm in sheets and a, or shorts and a, you know, t-shirt with paint splattered all over it. They're going to be like, I'm going to pay you what (laughs) to do what? Yeah. So, right. It's just about, we're building our own identity. And um, my identity is one of confidence and wisdom and empowerment, but it's also someone who enjoys, you know, the, the little things. I don't wear uh, makeup. I, I mean, jewelry. I have my wedding rings and I like getting my nails done. It makes me happy. So, right. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and what I don't hear you say is, well, if I didn't have my nails done, I'm going to be unhappy. Right. Your ha- your nails. I experienced that during COVID. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> right. I didn't have my nails done. I was still happy. I was, you know, yeah, it was fine. I, yeah. I got over it. You know, it was like, oh, yuck. <laughs> yeah. It didn't change who I am. Yeah. It's a preference. It's a preference yeah. versus yeah. something I need to feel whole or happy. Yeah. So and we- I use the marketing, you know, it's kind of just so people really understand that it's not just about what you experienced in your home from your teachers, from your bosses, right? It's all around you. And that's one of the things that we need to help people understand is you need to really hate to say need to. We want to help you understand that there it's coming at you from all angles and all directions. You're being bombarded with it all the time. It's no wonder, you know, we don't feel good enough. It's right. no wonder. And even, you know, I've heard um, Peter Sage talk about the example of conditional love, like between when a, a baby has conditional love from a parent, right? They can throw up on you. They can poop on you. They can do whatever they want. You're still going to love them. You're never going to unlove the baby. Um, because of something that they did, right? Um, because they can't walk. Um, you're just, the baby gets unconditional love no matter what it does. But something changes in that contract when the child starts to talk. When the child learns to talk, adults tend to think, this is like not necessarily a conscious thing, but that mm-hmm. the contract is now changed because you can talk. I'm under the assumption that you know right from wrong and that you know better. So, mm-hmm it changes from being completely unconditional, no matter what that child does to being conditional based on how they act or what they do. So they spill the milk or, you know, poop in their Sunday clothes or whatever, you know, um, knock something, you know, off the shelf at the grocery store, right? Um, They want the candy bar. No, you can't have the candy bar. You weren't good today. So all of these things, like immediately when they start to talk, the contract changes and the unconditional love as they knew it before changes. So it's the fact that we need to give ourselves the unconditional love first. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. 
So let's let's talk about that a little bit more in terms of that gap between the, the struggle that, that we may be experiencing and the joy that we want to be experiencing. There, we have a gap. And one of the things that we've talked a lot about here is that internal perspective versus an external perspective. Mm-hmm. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Or do you think we've kind of covered that? Um. I can talk a little bit more about it just in that I think it's really important that people understand that there is science behind the reality you're experiencing and what's going on inside of you. The thoughts that you think, the behaviors that you practice, the actions you take, um, the beliefs that you have are all, you know, I, I kind of create this picture of pig pen, right? Wherever you go, there you are. And in this mess around you is all of the things that I just explained. So people say, well, I need to go get another job because my boss makes me feel like I'm not good enough. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm always feeling like this in a relationship or people cheat on me and, you know, every relationship I'm in, um, I'm disrespected, whatever that always thing is, right? You can't go to another relationship or job um, without taking your mess with you. So you understanding we are all the common denominator wherever you go there you are and that you're just going to attract the exact same circumstances into your reality you're going to have the same very similar experiences right so if you have a deep seated rooted feeling of i'm not good enough and i'm not worthy and i'm not valued and i'm unlovable every time you go to a different relationship that person is going to just reinforce the beliefs that you have. So it's about changing your beliefs and helping people understand that you were born good enough. You were born worthy. You were born valuable. You were born, you know, unconditionally loved by source and God. So know that's where your natural state is and all this other stuff you've picked up along the way and that you can change it. That's the most powerful, most beautiful thing for people to understand. You don't have to live like this, you know, and understanding the battle between our inner guidance system, which is the little, you know, angel over here, just wants you to soar, gave you the gifts for a reason before you even came into this physical body. And it's battling with the inner critic, which is the little devil over here that's saying, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're never going to be smart enough. You're not thin enough. You don't have that degree. You're not a white man in a suit. So you're never going to be successful in this industry. Whatever that is, whatever belief you've bought into, the inner critic doesn't even know your inner beings here, your inner guidance and your inner guidance is a constant battle. So what that creates is the physical ailments, Right. And we can now tie all of these physical ailments, specific ones, back to belief systems or experiences that people have had, things that they've thought, the way that they've lived. Um, And sometimes it's ancestral and that's okay too. We don't have to get into that. It's like, oh God, goes about 16, you know, 16 um, lines in my ancestry. Like, how am I going to clear that? I mean, everything's clearable. It's just about making a choice. Yeah. I choose this. It's easier to notice. The fact that you don't have enough money than it is to make, have a deliberate thought about what it would be like to have more money. Right. Right. You just gotta, you just gotta recognize that, that you're just experiencing what it's easier to notice instead of choosing something different. So you had just mentioned uh, about the physical, you know, earlier in our conversation, we had talked about how um, our natural state is happy, healthy, and well. Right. Mm -hmm. So, 
tell us, tell me a little bit more about the physical symptoms. I think that you just kind of alluded to and what does, what, what information can we glean from that? Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's science tied to it, you know, it, and so when I work with a client up front, we have the initial discovery call and I find out, okay, you know, where are you? Where do you want to go? Um, let's talk about what the frustrations you have, the dominant negative emotions you're feeling and experiencing with your financial wellness, your professional life, your marriage, or um, uh, lack of relationship um, and relationships you had with your parents, you know, mother and father, these are really important, right? Those are the cornerstones. Um, and we get a, we get a picture and there's always patterns, usually patterns of negative emotions. So sometimes um, I can see the patterns. We talk about the patterns and I'll say, I bet you grind your teeth at night. I bet you have hip pain. I bet you have arthritis in your foot. I bet you have migraines. Um, in some of them are very obvious, you know, or I can see, I bet you have, you know, tension in your neck and your shoulders, right. Or lower back. And, and there, some of them are, are very common and very obvious. And of course people, how did you know that? Um, because it's textbook. And when we can help people alleviate, change the belief system and tune yeah. into who they really are. I mean, when you find out who you really are, it changes your whole life. You drop mm-hmm. 20 pounds, you drive a new car, you get a new job, you ditch toxic relationship, you know, it's all like, oh my gosh, this is who I truly am. And I've been living a life of this other person. I bought into that other person's life. It's not who I am. Um, And that does, it creates that, that battle. There's no other way for it to come out, but physical ailments and physical issues, you know, and I've had people, the, the IBS is gone. The migraines are gone. The back pain is gone. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's a miracle. No, it's not <laughs> just right. you eliminated that battle. Cause when you can quiet the inner critic whew, goes away. And even if it yaps in your ear from time to time, you know, you know what it is and you know how to, you have the tools, you know, and then you're following your inner guidance. Disease is D I S dash ease, right? You're taking yes. out the ease. You're, you're not naturally allowing the flow of wellness. And when you can get rid of all that other stuff, you're now not naturally, your body isn't fighting with you anymore. Yeah. And it's not tense anymore. And it just, you know, it yeah, it's it's okay. amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> I experienced uh, it myself. I had, you know, my own physical pains go okay. away. And when they come up, sometimes it's like, I want to run to the book. <laughs> what right. does that mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. It kind of it helps narrow down uh where to look for those beliefs. What beliefs am I possibly holding on to here? I've done the same kind of work uh, for my own conditions as well. And it, mm-hmm. it, the impact is remarkable. So we've talked about a couple of things, right? To fill that gap between, you know, the struggle that so many of us face and then the, that joy that we want to get to. One is that we're internally driven. And really, I mean, you could spend a whole course just on shifting that mindset so that you you not only know it, but you you recognize it when you're having that experience and, and you know that, well, I'm not upset because the driver cut me off. I'm upset because of the story I'm telling myself about it, right? And so owning that and, and yeah. taking responsibility. So there's that piece. There's the other piece that you just shared with us then too, is that we can use our physical symptoms as kind of um, not an assessment tool. Almost. It's an indicator. 
It is. Right? It's a, hey, look over here. Because the diabetes and the arthritis and the headaches and the, the breast cancer, you know, this is what's going on, right? And it's interesting when we get diagnosed with something, we talk about focus, right? What do we tend to do? We go immediately, we start researching it. We put all of our focus on this illness and, and the thing that has taken over our body. Oh, my body's, you know, betraying me. Your focus is all on that thing. Yeah. Jesus would focus on the wellness of the person. That's how he healed people because he didn't see the disease. He didn't see the ailment. He saw the beautiful wellness and focused on that. And when you focused on focus on your own wellness and the cells, the healthy cells and help them regenerate, right. And, and become, that is more what you want to, where you want to put your focus when something, you know, a diagnosis, because you can be practicing all these things your whole life. And then you're, and it's not, I have diabetes. It's about helping people change that language. Also, um, my body has diabetes. I am not right. my body. Right. You know, I'm 95% not this physical body. So what do I choose otherwise? Am I going yeah. to live the life of someone who's tied to diabetes? Or right. am I going to choose something else? You know, I'm going to go back to the William Glasser bit too. We used to say that... Um, we used to change the verbiage when we were describing our experiences. So instead of saying I am depressed or I have depression, mm-hmm. we would say I'm depressing. Like it's a, mm. it's something I'm doing in this moment. I am depressing, mm-hmm. which gives that individual the chance to say, well, if I'm depressing now, is that what I really want to continue to do? But when you say yeah. I'm depressed or I have depression, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost as though that whatever depression is right that cloud of depression is on me and I can't it's that external control right right? it's on me I can't do anything about it but if I shift my language to say I am depressing it may be entirely appropriate to to depress at this moment there there are times it's fine (laughs) yeah yeah it's all about the ebbs and flows and allowing it and the contrast and the beautiful it's fine I love that because it when we when we say that it becomes part I'm depressed I have depression that all of a sudden that's part of your identity which is so dangerous I'm depressing has what's fine I'm just depressing at the moment but I know that I'm going to come back up you know, in a couple of days and it's okay to be here for right now. And I can choose something different and something happier and something joy filled. And it's when we talk about identity, it's so powerful, right? And you think about um, how strong the identity is that we have. I didn't mean to like jump over to that, but it just reminded me um, people who I'm a, you know, so I'm a vegan, I'm a runner, I'm a parent, I'm a wife, I'm, you know, whatever that is, whatever you tie, it's who you are. So it's how you behave. You know, vegans don't not eat meat because their digestion system is different. They just choose not to, but it's part of their identity. So they don't, you know, somebody who's a runner, if they don't run for a few days, feel, you know, like anxious, you know, I need to get out and run because it's part of who they are. So they help people understand that the identity. So take a woman who's now, her children are grown, they moved out and she's going through a divorce. Her entire life, her entire adult life has been, her identity has been wife and mother. And now both of those are gone, right? Right. Who am I? And it's very scary and very confusing because now they don't have any of those things to busy themselves with and to identify with. Nobody needs me. I don't take care of anyone. And it's so easy to get lost in that instead of 
wait a second, <laughs> you were you first, right? Who are you? Um, and that's, um, that's a really powerful thing to help people understand. If you change your identity to, I am a confident, you know, wise, um, I don't know, you take really powerful words and just whatever is, is, is meaningful to you, right? I'm a wise and confident change maker um, who empowers others by showing them, you know, enlightenment. I mean, make a, a long statement about it, you know, like, who are you and, and um, what do you do? And how does that serve others? You know, because that's the tying in piece, but anybody can play with that example and write it on your bathroom, you know, mirror exactly. and read it every day. It's really powerful. Linda, I, you, th this conversation has not disappointed in the slightest. I love talking about these topics. Um, so I want you, as we're closing here, to talk, tell the audience, where can they find you? What's the best way to connect with you so that when they're ready to do this kind of work, they have the resources readily available? Yeah, there's, um, the, I have a, a lot of different, you know, LinkedIn and um learnthefreedomformula.com is where you can find my bio, um, my profile, and there's a way to connect with me there. Um, my email address is first initial and last name, L-E-S-K-A-Y 67 at gmail.com. Um, I love connecting with anyone who wants to just share in the conversation or get, you know, that light bulb moment that just to help you get started on your path, something that will, you know, ignite that passion in you to see that there is, um, there is something more out there. We're not here alone. Um, this isn't your first rodeo and it won't be your last. So make it, you know, make it impactful, you know, live, live a, a powerful life, live an extraordinary life. Exactly. By investing in yourself. Yes, absolutely. Invest in yourself. That's one thing, you know, one thing that I cannot stress enough, right? It's not an expenditure expense. It's an investment. It's your changing who you are. Um, I would have paid three times what I, what I paid for this program. Um, so it's, and, and more than that, it's just, it, you can't put a price tag on that kind of transformation. It's really incredible. But again, we don't know what we don't know until we take that first step. And every journey, right, starts with that first step, no matter how yeah. old you are. Exactly. And I, I think we're all, um, we go through the hero's journey, right? Probably multiple times during our life. And, and one of the things that we know about that model is that we do need our, our external resources, like uh, Gandalf, right? And Lord of the Rings, that, that was the resource that um, helped Frodo continue through the painful path of this transformation. And Linda, I can just feel with your heart that you are a wonderful partner on that path of transformation. And um, your, your clients are very fortunate to have found you. And I'm oh, sure you. that more will be finding you in the future and you'll be able to impact even more lives. So thank you so much for setting aside some time today for this yeah. conversation. <laughs> I can talk for hours about it. It really lights me up. But <laughs> enjoyed this interaction and this engagement with you so much. So thank you so much for inviting me. Hi, this is Mary. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope that you are coming away feeling maybe a little inspired, maybe a little more informed, or maybe just rested. Most of all, I hope you're coming away feeling empowered. 
If you do, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. But most importantly, please pass along this sense of empowerment to your friends and to your networks. Thank you so much for your support. I appreciate you.